Hey there, elevator. Unless you've been living under a rock for some time, I think you know I'm kind of into this productivity thing. That's why I'm super excited to announce that my most popular downloaded freebie, 22 Ways to Be More Productive and Create Time Freedom, has been completely updated and reissued for you amazing Elevate Your 8 listeners. The guide features, well, 22 tips to create time freedom and make your day feel more productive, along with some exercises to help you put your new knowledge to use and go out into the world and kick some major ass. So go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash 22 ways, pick up the new improved time freedom download today. Now it's time for this week's amazing new episode. You're listening to the Elevate Your 8 podcast, the easily digestible lifestyle show that empowers you to live your happiest, most productive life so you can achieve time freedom. Productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Honor your work-life balance by working only eight hours a day. Honor your health and wellness by sleeping eight hours every night. Once you figure that out, the rest is gravy, or Jolly Ranchers if ever you prefer. If you're ready for a healthy helping of life-changing wisdom with a side of quirkiness, you're in the right place. Here's your host, dairy-free, karaoke-crazy, future 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. Okay, everybody, welcome to another fun-filled, exciting episode of the Elevate Your Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and I'm joined today by a new pod pal friend. Again, credit to Adam Shibley out there from... Uh, from Podcasting Business School for introducing me to all these amazing, cool people. But today I'm joined by Eliquity, who is the host of the Travel Gluten-Free Podcast, among a wealth of other cool things. Eliquity, thank you for making time to be on my show today. Chris, I am so excited to be here. And just so your guests know, you're going to be on my podcast talking about travel. I um, know. On, um, I should have had this prepared a little bit ahead of time. Um, in in January, I can't remember which, which number you are, but anyway, you are on my schedule. Oh, here it is for February 3rd, I believe. So, awesome. Yeah, so definitely tune into the Travel Gluten Free podcast to listen to Chris's interview. Absolutely. We had a lovely time talking that day and I, it was so nice to think about all of the places that I lived and the cool things to do there. That was all kinds of fun. Um, so, okay. Eliquity, let's tell everybody what you do for a living, the multiple things that you do and, um, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So on my creative side, I produce two podcasts, Travel Gluten-Free and also COVID Travel Update. So definitely love to travel. I can't wait to get back into travel some more. Oh, yeah. And then for my paid gig, I am a full-time writer, which I actually started um, almost like two and a half years ago. And um, I started that before I was doing writing, I was doing teaching and I decided I just needed something way more creative outlet to do with my paid time. And so I decided to jump from teaching into writing and start my own business. So um, that's what I do full time for my paid right for my paid work. What did you teach before? Were you teaching in uh, high school, elementary school, college? So I was mostly in middle school, uh, sixth to eighth grade, and I taught uh, computer literacy, programming, science, um, and so a lot of very like tech and science classes. Got it. And then what made you decide to, to leave and to pursue writing on a full-time basis? 
Well, it was getting a little stressful having teaching 180 13 year olds every day. I can imagine. <laughs> I can tell you it is never the same thing every day, but it is also never relaxing. Um, it's very rare that you get a class where you can like actually sit down and relax. Um, and so, um, and I'm a very creative person and I felt like the longer I taught, like I did, I did a lot of creative things in the class, like group projects and stuff, but no matter how many um, creative things I did inside the class, kids just did not want to do their work. And I literally remember the moment where I decided I was going to quit teaching because um, I created this amazing project for kids to do where um, they had to bring a friend on a travel vacation. And it was, it was tied into the computer productivity um, okay. class that we were doing with Excel. And anywho, it was this really fun project. And out of 60 kids, 12 turned in a project and half of them failed. And I'm like, I have two master's degrees and I'm babysitting children. Oh so my gosh. Wow. That, yeah, that uh, would do. Yeah. So I thought, you know, with two reason. master's degrees, I could probably do better on my own, at least feel more fulfilled. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, that's part of the reason why when I, cause I got my undergrad degree in secondary education, English and social studies. And instead I decided to go to grad school so I could work in college housing full-time. Um, you know, I think college students was just always where I was, I was drawn. I could not have seen myself teaching English to ninth graders for the rest of my life. Although I love student teaching. It was, it was fantastic, but, um, my mode was definitely more like 18 and up. And even some of them were not <laughs> always the best to work with. So, um, okay. So yeah. then you made the jump to writing full-time. So what kind of writing, um, where do you, where did your writing career take you? So I started out, um, my original intention was to do a lot of editorials, but then I quickly realized that you do an editorial and you can get paid anywhere from three to six months after you finish it, Oof. which, uh -uh. yeah, which are really fun to do, but not great for paying the bills. So I started getting into a lot of digital advertising because I used to own a marketing uh -huh. business, um, content writing. So I do a ton of website content blogs. Um, I also write show notes for other podcasters. Um, I do also LinkedIn profiles, bios. Uh, I know a lot of times people have the hardest time writing about themselves. So that's what I do a, a lot for people too, is write a lot of bios and help them like be the superhero in their own story. Cause a lot of people times people don't want to toot their own horn because they feel like they're being narcissistic. But it's like, no, you need to promote yourself because no one yeah. else is doing it for you. I love that. So what's the secret to tooting your own horn and, and writing your bio? I mean, maybe- so do that because then people won't want to hire you but no no that's totally fine because a lot of times even if I tell people what to do they have a hard time actually doing it so oh the secret to tooting your own horn is to like one of the things I tell people to do is never start your bio with like where you graduated college because that's so dry yeah you want to make it interesting and so tell people like maybe some unique or special accomplishment that you've done um obviously centered around a focus on like what type of like vertical you're going for and then like really like shine on what you think you do best, like your strengths. You really want to highlight your strengths. Um, definitely don't highlight your weaknesses. I've seen people do that before. That's they're so like, funny. Yeah. Why yeah. do people do that? I don't know. They're like, I'm really good at this, but like, you know, I don't do this and this. It's like, don't say what you don't do. Like say what you do, because that's how you market yourself. And so marketing yourself can be really hard and, and people really have a hard time with it. So that's a lot of what I do. Um, I also do a lot of ghostwriting, which is helping people to write their book. And I do that in lots of different formats. Sometimes people have an idea or they have content and they want me to rewrite it. Sometimes people are like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Just write it for me. So I'm really flexible with um, how to help people with their content too, because everybody's coming in from a different level. Yeah. So for ghostwriting, do people just kind of bring outline of a book concept and you help them fill it in? Or, I mean, I would imagine there'd still have to be a lot of collaboration with a project like that so that 
you're bringing the right idea to life, I guess. I don't know. It, I find ghostwriting to be um, really a fantastic concept because it seems like you'd have to almost share that person's brain to get the spirit of it all down on paper. I don't know. Yeah. It's actually really fun because it's part life coach because you're really encouraging the person to write because a lot of people will have content and they'll give it to me and they're like, is this any good? And most of the time, like the content topic is really good, but they, like some people are just really choppy writers. Some people are like really bad at organizing their writing, yeah. but their content's there. So that's what I help them do is like organize and make it flow and make it style really nice. And so that it sounds like their content is there, but it just sounds a lot nicer. So it's kind of like, you know, you have, you can either be wearing jeans and a t-shirt or this really nice dress. So I help right. people get their content writing into wearing a really nice dress. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you started to say organize and put things together. So I really want to dig into now um, as a full-time entrepreneur, what your methodology is and your secrets to managing your day so that it's productive. You don't feel burned out. You have energy. Um, how does that all come together for you? Cause I know I feel I, cause I have a full-time job that I love and I like the whole eight to four thirty balance, but you're not wedded to that. You can do whatever you want. So yeah. And that's real. it's really great. I really love that aspect that I have a flexible schedule, but at the same time, a lot of people say like, Oh, think that you, if you have your own business, you can do whatever, whatever you want, which right. isn't true because you have client deadlines. But one of the things you mm -hmm. definitely need to have the skill of, if you don't um, definitely get into the practice of this is being organized. So one of the ways I organize myself um, is by having a work journal, which is like literally a regular notebook that I write the days of the week down. And then I write what I need to do for today. And then as I'm going along in my day, I'll write like the Tuesday, Wednesday down. And so having that organized work journal is really, really helpful for me to keep track of what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. Okay. So you don't use a planner. You just sort of used a, a blank note page book, blank journal and, and kind of fill in the, the gaps there. Yeah. So I used to use my notebook and I just literally put the day, the day and the date at the top. And then I just write down a checklist of what I need to do for that day on the left. And then on the right side, I literally write down like times I have for um, specific times I have blocked out in my calendar that I need to be somewhere like on zoom or whatever. And so that really helps me because then I can see like, okay, if it's 12 o'clock, I have like two hours to my next appointment. Like what can I get done on my list on the left-hand side in the next two hours? That's cool. So you don't, you're not using anything like Outlook or Google Calendar or iCal, anything like that. It's just, it's all in that paper journal and that's what you go to for your reference. Well, I actually do use iCal. I have to use an electronic calendar and my iCal is hooked up to my Calendly. So I have a Calendly, which is yeah. a cloud calendar, like you use Acuity. And that's super helpful because if somebody needs to do a complimentary consult with me, I have a 15 minute link that I can just send them and say, pick a time. And that way I don't have to go back and forth. So that's very time efficient. Yeah. I love those. Um, I, I love those services and I'm, I'm switching from acuity to Calendly. I use Calendly on my day job and I liked the ability to create, I guess, different kinds of, um, different kinds of appointments. And I didn't feel like I was getting that kind of, um, robust, uh, platform in a in acuity plus Calendly is more affordable. I thought then, and I was like, Oh, it'll be so worth it to do acuity because I have Squarespace, but, um, I'm finding that Calendly is, is a lot more helpful for me. So I made the switch, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so you use iCal and you hook that up to your Calendly so that you're synchronized with all your appointments. Um, okay. So then how, how do you start your day? What does that look like? So usually when I start my day, I um, 
well, get, get up. I usually do my workout if I'm not super tired and then eat breakfast, um, come up. I'll either, sometimes I'll get a shower, sometimes not just get changed, come upstairs. Sometimes I'll work, work all day in my workout outfit, depending on yeah. <laughs> what workout I did. <laughs> and then, um, I actually had my office home office set up pre COVID. So I was already set and I had a friend, her name is Jen Boyd, who does feng shui, come into feng shui in my office, who is amazing. And I can give you her link to put in the show notes. Yes, She's please. Really Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. She's really great. Cause I had my office. It was just the furniture is arranged differently, but it feels so much different and it feels great now. So anywho, um, sit down at my desk and I look at my list because I have it ready from the day before. So it's already planned. It's already set out. I can always add, edit my list of things to do. And so I look at my list and I see like, what time is my first appointment? And then how much time do I have between now and my first appointment and what can I get done? And so sometimes I'll check off the easy things first. A lot of times I'll do that because like maybe yeah. I just need to email and follow up a client. So I'll check off the easy things first and then jump into the harder stuff. Um, sometimes I have client work that is on a rush. So I'll work on that first. So it just depends on what the priority on my list on what I start on first. And so I'll start doing that. And then at some point um, at lunchtime when I get hungry and I'm at a stopping point, I'll go downstairs, eat lunch and then come back up. And then I also take breaks too. Like if um, yeah. I get really tired or my creative brain needs a break, I'll just go downstairs, make some more tea because I'm a huge tea drinker mm -hmm. <laughs> and then come back up, you know, maybe go outside, play with the dog for a couple minutes or, you know, do something for a break because that's one of the things that um, I don't, I usually take a break every 90 minutes um, or an hour, depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. And so that's really important to do those breaks and you don't have to have them always at specific scheduled times, but my general times are like 12, 31 for lunch and then three, 30 for another break. And then, um, I try to get done all my work by six. And so, cause our dinner's at six 30. Nice. Do you find that you need to use like a methodology, um, Pomodoro, any of those types of things, or does your, like your breaks just kind of come to you? You, you feel it and you're like, Oh, it's time to take a break. I'm going to get up and get my tea now. Or do yeah. you try to, okay. Yeah. Mine's more of like, I know at three o'clock every day I get hungry. And if I don't eat a snack at three o'clock, I like eat way too much dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of like my natural biorhythm is like when I feel like I'm getting burnt out, like I don't wait until I'm ex extra stressed. Like that's just a bad idea, especially if you do creative work. Um, yeah. I just like, if I'm feeling like, Oh, I'm really tired. I get up, walk around. Cause it is way better for your productivity to take a break and just rest and then reset everything. Even if it's for 10 minutes, then to try to push through when you're really exhausted and tired because you will not be productive. And then I noticed too, when I, if I push too hard, um, when I go to grammar check stuff, I have way more grammar mistakes than if ah, I'm like, yeah. fresh and yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, that's what I like about Pomodoro is uh, focusing on a task for the 20, 25 minutes and then getting up and doing that five minute break. And I get my, some steps in that way too. I, I really like the physical break away from my computer screen for that five minutes. And so I'll try to, on the days where I can, like if I have a whole morning open, I'll try to do two or three Pomodoros and then do my, my break for lunch. Um, but that's totally with, with the day job. Um, so I had a thought for you and I lost it. Where was I going with this? Um, Oh, okay. So does your day generally start at the same time or is it, is it based on when the, the client meetings are happening? So I, it, it's definitely based on when the client meetings are happening. I try not to schedule client meetings before 10 AM, but some, okay. every once in a while I will. Um, but another thing I deal with on a daily basis is I have chronic insomnia, which I am working on solving. And so I do all the right sleep things, but for some reason I'm not sleeping through the night. And so if I've had a really bad night where I don't sleep, my day won't start until 10. But if I've had a good night where I have slept, my day will start at eight. So 
optimally, ideally, I like to start at like 7.38 and then in the go from there. Because if I can start earlier, I can get more done before lunch. And then um, I can potentially get um, either everything done for the day or I can get done a little early. Do you find that there are times of the day where you're more creative? So you do more writing and then times of the day when you, it's better for you to sort of hammer through like the administrative stuff or the things you don't like as much. Yeah, I find that before three o'clock, I'm definitely more energetic and more creative usually. Um, and between three and five is my when my arcading rhythm like really kind of slows down. And so yeah. knowing that I try not to do big projects between three and five. Yeah. I like doing my more creative stuff early in the day. Cause that's where I have my energy. And, um, and I like doing the things that don't require creativity. Like if I just have to like pound through it, like editing work, I just have to sit and listen and edit when I need to edit. Um, and then, you know, save and move on to the next thing. But if I'm trying to do, if I'm trying to edit in the morning, then I find that I get distracted because I'd rather be doing something else. Editing is not my favorite thing to do, but I know I have to do it. So if I can just kind of pound through it and, and, uh, and just get it done, then I feel good. So I like to do my creative work in the morning. And then the more, um, you know, I would consider it tasky because it's not fun as fun, but I still have to do it. Um, right. And then, so tell me where you stand on the whole email thing, because I know some people will keep their email open all day long because they don't want to miss things. But I know, I know how I feel about email. I want to know like what your strategy is to not having email rule your day. I do the minimal amount of email work possible. So I always check it, not always, usually I'll check it first thing in the morning to see if there's anything on there that's like super important. And if I don't see if anything on there is super important, um, I will wait until probably two or three o'clock to answer emails. And then at the end of my day, I'll go through the emails and like answer anybody back. Um, with the exception of if I have like a rush job for a client where I know someone's going to be emailing me, but like definitely do not check your email all throughout the day. That is such a productivity hog and will completely throw you off of your like creative rhythm or your work rhythm because yeah. it's just such a distraction. And I have a Mac and I do not have any email warnings whatsoever pop up on it. Like there is the only warnings I have are, I can't actually, I can't think of anything. Oh, my reminders, my reminders on my phone are the only things that pop up on my computer because yeah. I don't want to be like distracted on on email stuff. Yeah. I I'm the same way. I try, I actually try not to open my email till after lunch because the morning is my better energy time. So I like to put that onto, to projects and things that need my, my best, my best energy, my best attention, and then go into email after. But I'm kind of like you, like if I think, Oh, there might be something big, I'll kind of run in there, but I try not to stay in my email more than 30 minutes at a time. Cause yeah. otherwise I feel like I go right down the rabbit hole and then everything else is more important than the project that I want to do or the things that are on my to-do list for that day. So I definitely right. try not to let it rule me, but I, I mean, I know people that this gadget, you know, all these notifications that you can turn on, like the second that their phone buzzes, it's like, oh, I have to see what that is. And yeah. just and say no. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> just say no notifications. No. Yes. Notifications. Yeah. That's I have like, like five. I have my, um, I have my plan notifications on because that tells me when to post to Instagram. And then I have my, my one to remind me to drink water. Um, but I turned off all the Instagram, all the Facebook, and I never turned email on on my phone ever. So that was something that was that came easy for me to do. Okay, so we're transitioning now from a pretty crazy 2020 to a brand new, shiny, spanking new, fun, uh, productive... <laughs> 
<laughs> new year. So let's kind of end our chat with some tips and strategies for how to make 2021 your most productive year ever. Okay. I would say definitely for, and this kind of sounds funny, but it totally works, um, is that organize all the stuff in your drawers. Because one ah. of the things that can be really frustrating when you're working is like, you're going to get something in your drawer and you can't find it. So that's really a time hog too, is just like constantly looking for stuff when you can't find it. Yeah. So I just went on Amazon when I set up my office and just found, make sure you measure your depth of your drawers too, before you do this. And I just found desk organizers. There's tons of them on all sorts of colors and stuff. So definitely organize all your drawers that you use in your office. Cause that's super helpful with finding stuff. Plus it feels very fresh and like organized and yeah. it's always better to work in that environment. Um, the second thing I would tell people to do is definitely find an online calendar cloud calendar thing that you love. Like I love Calendly. And so that takes a lot of time out of scheduling. You can make all sorts of calendars. I have one for my podcast. I one for 15 minute client, one for one hour client. Like I think I have seven or eight calendars. Yeah. So you can really nail it down to different specific things. So definitely get a cloud calendar. Um, and also another thing I would say to do is make sure that all your files on your computer are organized. Cause sometimes I see people's desktop and I'm like, uh. how do you find anything? That's one of the things I've gotten a habit at the end of the day. Most days, like 99% of the time I will if I have, especially on Wednesdays, when I do my client social media, I'll take everything and organize it into the folder so that when I get to my computer the next day, I don't have a bunch of stuff out and open. So definitely if you practice those three things, I think you will find that your time is much easier to manage. Yeah. I love the idea of organizing the drawers and, you know, inadvertently that winds up always being a project that I do when I'm on winter break from my day job <laughs> that, you know, 10 days between Christmas and, and new year's is but more so at home because our junk drawers are out of control. And so even though I don't necessarily want to do them, that winds up being the time of the, of the time of the year that I do do them because I can dedicate just a whole day to, you know, purging all of the, the drawers and making them clean. And, and like you said, nice and pretty and shiny for the next, yes. next year. My pantry um, is the next one on my list. I just got done all of my desk drawers upstairs and downstairs. And so now I'm going to hit the pantry after the holiday. Yeah. That's a good idea. I probably need to do that to my refrigerator too. Um, Eliquity, you also referenced earlier that you have a book coming up right? Yes. Yes. Let's I actually have a, a book a out and a book coming up. I actually have a couple Ooh. books coming up. <laughs> and it's funny. My husband and I were just talking about this today. So my book that I have out now is called the guide to traveling gluten-free. And I know a lot of people are not traveling right now, but um, if, even if you take road trips or even if you go out yeah. to restaurants and eat and you're gluten-free, I have a lot of great information on how to find a restaurant, no matter where you're at. Cause one of the things I quickly found out when I was, was gluten-free is that um, there weren't any resources telling you how to do it, no matter what city you were in. It was like, here's yeah. restaurants you can eat at in Chicago, but if I'm not going to Chicago, that doesn't help me. Right. So I put out this book to teach people how to find restaurants, no matter where you're at and wherever in the world. Awesome. That's and the so first have, book. Yep. And so I have a new book that I am working on, two new books I'm working on. One is called Podcast in a Box, which oh. is is a resource and guide to help jumpstart your podcast in 30 days or less. And then I'm coming out with another book that goes along with my travel gluten-free. That's just how to find a gluten-free restaurant. So I'm breaking that down into just that sub subcategory. And I'm going to be putting those two out in an ebook um, in the next six months. Awesome. Okay. So my future podcasting people out there, and I know that you're out there because podcasting is the thing right now, make sure to look for that podcasting in a box when that comes out. So Eliquity, where can everybody find you if they want to work with you, connect with you on social, all of the things. 
Yeah. So if you want to connect with me on social, I hang out on Instagram a lot. You can totally message me on Instagram at travel gluten-free podcast um, on Instagram. You can also find me on my website, travel gluten-free podcast.com. And you can send me a contact form through there as well. Um, I'm also on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Pinterest and Tumblr. And all those links are on my website. So if you go to travelgluenfreepodcast.com, you can find all the links to my social on that on my website. Fantastic. And we'll link that up in the show notes as podcasters are known to do when they have fun guests on their show. So we have been chatting with Iliquity of Travel Gluten Travel Gluten-Free Podcast. We'll edit that out for sure. And uh, and happy new year to you. I hope you have a, an amazingly productive and abundant 2021. I hope you do too, Chris. Like, I think almost anything can be better than 2020. So happy new year, 2021. Happy new year indeed. Okay, everybody. Thank you for hanging out today at Elevate Your Eight. I will see you next time. And for right now, we are out of here. <laughs>